I love creating fun, unforgettable adventures for USD students. You know, experiences of a lifetime, experiences that create a great story. As an outdoor educator, I take on many roles, but believe my two most important roles supporting OA's, are supporting OA's ability to achieve learning outcomes and manage risks. I believe improving our efficiency was key to increasing our capacity. I wanted to control as much as I could when planning, knowing that student guides would inevitably have to address variables that were out of their control while traveling in remote locations. Empowering amazing student leaders is the secret to a great OA trip, yet I felt a responsibility for student learning and safety while utilizing this decentralized approach. Here's a story about an experience that helped shift my understanding. Last spring, we scheduled a camping trip to Anza Borrego Desert State Park, led by Maddie, who at the time was a fourth-year student double majoring in anthropology and history, while also serving as an intern with the Barona Cultural Center. This trip would take place during a new moon, and Maddie was excited to share stories of the night sky. She consulted with Sami and her internship supervisor to ensure her plan was informed and respectful as she researched Komei constellations. Maddie and team had created a great story, had created a great trip plan. A few days before the trip began, I learned that Sami wanted to meet up with the group, bringing with her Dr. Stan Rodriguez, the director of Kumeya Community College. Sami and Stan wanted to meet up with our group. I was in disbelief. I've heard Stan speak at big events around San Diego, but have never met him. Are they really going to drive over 200 miles to meet up with 12 students? That didn't seem very efficient. What was the campsite capacity? Did we even have space for them? Do they have their own sleeping bags? Did we pack enough food? What about the participants? They signed up for a fun weekend camping in the desert, not class with Dr. Rodriguez. Risk manager Mark had now been activated. The itinerary was already planned with student leader competencies, learning outcomes, and strategies in mind. Now we are changing the experience and adding uncertainty and complexity. Remember, I want to simplify decision-making and reduce uncertainty to ensure the greatest odds of success for each guide team. Still, the guides were excited and adjusted their plan to include our new guests. And at this moment, I was still uncertain about what was actually going to happen this weekend. Come Saturday, the group departed campus on their own with a day hike planned before arriving at the campsite. I wasn't going to miss this opportunity, so I ventured out to the desert that afternoon as well. Sami and Stan had their own desert adventure and met up with the students around dinner time. Stan brought a few traditional Kamiye foods for the group to taste that included roasted yucca, as well as shawi and acorn mush. That evening, we sat around a campfire under a honey mesquite tree and gazed up at the stars. It was an evening that I will never forget. Sami stepped back and let the student leaders shine. Maddie shared stories of a few Kumeya constellations that she had learned. Stan, applauding her effort, picked up where she left off, sharing stories and life lessons that are part of his oral traditions. The whole experience was a gift, a glimpse into the traditional knowledge and culture of his people and his land. Early the next morning, while most people on camp were still asleep, Sami and I went for a walk. No specific trail, just freely moving in the direction of the glowing horizon. The air was still. The day was fresh. The beauty of the desert was on full display with the new morning light. Everything was in bloom. We wandered, curious, carefree, childlike. We stopped frequently to admire, to smell, and to touch the plants. 
Sami shared connections she was making between these plants and those from her home in Second Mesa on the Hopi Reservation. She identified similar plants that were larger than the ones she often found at home. I was reminded of my childhood, wandering around a small park taking photos of spring wildflowers with my dad. Instead of the pink lady slipper orchids that we'd find in New Jersey, I photographed vibrant apricot mallow and desert lupine. Sami and I felt something so comforting, but different. We wandered together with intention, but without, without an agenda. We simultaneously experienced connections to our past, our present, our family, the land, and the thriving plant life surrounding us. This sunrise walk in the desert with Sami is one of the only times I've wandered without an agenda on an OA trip. I'm always thinking about what comes next and the needs of others. This morning, I wasn't in my outdoor leader role. I wasn't worried about boiling water, packing up camp, waking others up or preparing breakfast. The student guides were leading this trip and my goal was to stay out of their way. While the sunrise experience was amazing, I didn't have an epiphany that morning. It was one moment in a collection of many moments slowly building my capacity to experience on a deeper level. I'm continually learning how I view myself as an outdoor leader is influenced by my Western colonial education and how white-centered views on wilderness education and recreation have shaped my work. This trip of a lifetime wasn't created by my planning ability, but because of Maddie's relationship with Sami, along with Sami's ability to build community relationships and facilitate mutually beneficial connections. As an educator, I know the interactions between everyone around that campfire led to exactly the type of immersive learning experiences that USD strives to achieve. In a way, as we strive to create a more inclusive future, we're constantly examining our current practices with the belief that everybody experiences nature uniquely based on their intersectional identities. As we create shared group experiences, how are we holding space for people to have different experiences and deferring judgment on how people choose to engage with nature? How are we working to connect people who have been marginalized and excluded from our public lands? And how are we creating opportunities for connection in nature for students who feel marginalized in our campus community? Now, I realize it's not realistic for everyone to wander in the desert with Sami, but we can attend events of the Office of the Tribal Liaison with an openness to the opportunities that present themselves when you choose to show up and listen in community. The story is evidence that the Office of the Tribal Liaison, and Sami in particular, are building capacity at USD, but not in the way that I'd originally thought. Sami's building capacity as consciousness, as understanding, as the ability to truly see and support Native students, and we are all building capacity to embrace the spirit of not knowing how far our collective work reaches.